tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Hi, podcasters. Thank you for joining us again on the Workplace Talk podcast. This is episode two of the productivity series. In episode one, we had a very interesting discussion about getting things done using to-do lists, managing distractions, and avoiding procrastination. Personally, it was very enlightening to learn how to accomplish tasks by breaking them down into small, small bits. I continued this discussion with my two guests, Bob Patterson and Benedict Omolo. Bob is a semi-retired professional with 50 years working experience, 34 of which have been with a Fortune 500 company and the rest of the time he has spent running a local Kenyan company. My other guest is Benedict, a colleague here at the Standard Group where he is the head of strategy and innovation. And I am your host, Caroline Kimutai, the digital editor at the Standard Group. Now, let's get this conversation going. Setting personal and work goals, right? So I have my own personal goals, um, exercise, um, playing golf or whatever it is. Then I have work goals. So between the two of you, I'm sure you have more experience than I do. How do I marry the two so that I meet my own personal uh, goals and I meet organizational goals? But I want to start, uh, what should be in my personal goals, Bob? Your personal goals are the things that you personally want to accomplish. What's important to you? Um, if health is important to you, then it's, it's exercise. If it's uh, financial uh, improvement, then it's learning how to invest. You have to sort of figure out what are the, <clears throat> and I, I kind of break them down to between three and six key performance indicators, your own personal ones. So how do I know that I'm healthy? How do I know I'm financially doing well? How do I know I'm improving my educational capabilities? So you set those things and you have those your own personal ones, as you will have the same thing with your business. Three to five key performance indicators. Those are the results not the actions. So it's, I will bring in 10 million shillings in revenue. I will reduce expenses by 5%. I will uh, reduce the employment by three people. Those are the key result areas. Then underneath those are all the tasks that you got to figure out in terms of doing those. But once you have those as your kind of your key benchmark that you're going to keep looking at, then you can start to try to accomplish it. And then from those tasks comes the to-do list that you're going to go. So that's kind of how it builds up. To-do list into full tasks to my key performance indicators. And I encourage you and, and all supervisors to review those very frequently. In my company, I have eight managers, and we review their key performance indicators collectively once a month. 
So they all know what they are, three to five of them, and they all know what they should be, and we sit down and collectively understand how each of us is performing. Because organizations need the team to perform. One individual performing outstanding and everybody else underperforming isn't going to get the organization any further. So it's important for people to understand. And very few at a senior level, very few things that you will do, do you do yourself. Almost everything you do requires someone else. So it really becomes a team effort. What has your experience been, Ben? The modern world is rather high-paced. So then you have your personal goals, and as Bob says, what are your health goals? Uh, what are those activities you need to do on a day-to-day, monthly, after 40, in our case, more health uh, uh, annual checkups, and I, then the doctor always gives you some retinue of meals and things you need to do. Uh, and, and you know, one of the things, we are just coming to the end of um, doing our tax returns, you know. When you look at the tax returns, it gives you a reality check. You know, you see the millions that went through your account, but the bank balance, you know, you just got a call from your relationship manager. You're topping up your balance or do we close the account? And you wonder where has all this gone? Um, so one of the things is to have clarity at, the, at a personal level. What are your health goals, healthy living? Because you need to be healthy to be successful. What are your finance goals? Even just the minimum 10% saving. That needs to be a discipline that you put in place. Uh, your retirement planning, that also needs to be a discipline. Um, then you do have family goals because that's very, very important, um, especially as you uh, mature and you get older. You've got to really have that social family uh, goals in terms of just what are you going to do um, every weekend. But I think it's also important that we take time out one of, one of the challenges that we have today is that a number of us, uh, especially supervisors, uh, leaders, we do not take time out to think, to just stop and think, intentionally taking the time out to say, what am I doing? What did I accomplish? You know, like now as we get to the media, whether you set your goals monthly or quarterly, there's got to be the discipline of silence, taking the time out, withdrawing, and saying, okay, what did I set out to do? Did I accomplish them? So that sense of reflection and saying, why didn't I achieve or how did I achieve? Learning lessons, saying, let me improve. That is a discipline that we also need to incorporate so that we then bring the balance between our work life and our personal life. Uh, so that they too then have a sense of harmony and success. Okay, so it's nice when you say set goals and At the beginning of the year, we are all excited. We go to church. For those who go to church, sit and do the wish list. It's in the doing. Bob, what has your experience been? And looking back, what do you know now that you wish you knew much, much earlier when it comes to setting goals and actually getting what needs to be done, done? I think probably the, the one thing that I probably didn't do a very good job of was you know, when I was in my 20s and 30s, a long time ago, um, have a vision of what I was going to be. You say, well, you know, I want to be a managing director. I want to be a millionaire. I want to get married. I want to have to. What's the vision of you sometime in the future? And frankly, <clears throat> it's less important <clears throat> if your vision is correct. And it's much more important you have one. 
Vision is a, is a guidepost way out there, and you'll drift around as you get there. But, and you'll change that vision as you get older. Uh, you know, as, uh, as I've got older, you know, I was a managing director, so do I want to be a managing director? Not any longer. Thanks. I've been there, done that. I have the T-shirt. But it's that kind of thing that you have to do. What's my vision? <clears throat> and then how do I get there is the thing. And I probably didn't have a very good idea of what I wanted to be when I was 20. Um, I got a little better at it when I was 30. Um, much, much better at 40 and at 50, I knew where I wanted to be uh, and worked very hard to get there. Okay, he says he knew where he wanted to be at 50. <laughs> ben, how old are you? <laughs> Just under 50. <laughs> so do you know where you want to be? I, I think there are two parts and, and, and one needs to um, navigate differently. Number one are those who are very clear with their vision and then the dots tend to line up. The kind of kind of your path just seems to align. Um, so let me give an example. Somebody always wanted to be an auditor, and he just gets into an audit firm and goes rises up, becomes a partner in an audit firm. That's fine, or a legal entity. That's fine. And then there are those who find a different thing. So you have your vision uh, to be this, and it just goes round into different things, and it gets changed as you experience life. So there was this which you tried, it's just not interesting. You try another thing, it's just not interesting. But your destiny keeps shifting with life. And I, and I guess that is where, uh, uh, as you get older, you then see some things that are more important than others. And so you refine it, you know. Uh, what, what am I contributing to this world? So I think it is different. Uh, not all of them are, are, are clear. There are those who may take that path that has a lot of winding corners and you keep refining as you go along. But it is important that you have some values that then help you remain anchored to a certain direction because you will be swayed over uh, with the vicissitudes of life. But then there has to be that clarity of the destiny. Okay, so not everything is, is clear, uh, but one needs to have that clear vision that I will one day be and therefore you're working towards it. So there are those who may have a very clear path of entrance, and then there are those who will have a lot of things, hurdles to jump, discouragement. And sometimes you sit back and say, this vision, <laughs> get rid of it. I mean, let's leave the moment. But at a certain point, you wake up again and pick up the pieces and walk through it. Okay, I'm listening to two men in the room. I think it's easier to say it for a man, but as a woman in Africa and in Kenya, there are very many dynamics. So uh, as a female, of course, the expectations that come with being a female. I have to have a family, and if I have children, I might not have a demanding job as the man can, can have. So say uh, you and I, Ben, joined the organization. We are 25, uh, you know, top students. Then uh, two years, I get married, and I decide to have a family. I'll take nine months off uh, to go on maternity. I'll leave you working. Uh, by the time I'm back to where I left, you probably you know, have handled two, three projects. And you know, I come back and you're promoted. Bob, I know uh, in the West, that probably doesn't work like that. So if you're talking to a young lady who is working on her vision, and there are all these dynamics in the workplace, uh, my husband will probably tell me, you know what, I'll continue working, you have the babies, I'll support you. It's never the other way around here. 
So what can you tell that person, a girl? And then I'll come back to you, Ben, since you're Kenyan, and you will tell me the real things from a Kenyan man perspective. <laughs> first of all, <clears throat> I will be the first to admit that the system is clearly set up unfairly for women, okay? And companies need to do as much as they can to try to balance the scales. Um, we believe that you know families can have children, and obviously the man can't, so the woman has to, so there is clearly a disruption in her career. Uh, and we have to work very hard in terms of how we get around that thing, in terms of, of allowing a, a proper both maternity leave uh, uh, for the woman and the ultimately child care burden that she will experience much more so than her husband. And so we have to work on that, but I would caution you to think that the women in the West have it a lot easier. I think they have it probably a little easier in a work sense because companies understand that and I think work on that. But for example, they have issues in terms of having to go get childcare. Kenyan women, to a degree, are lucky. Everyone has house help. So the answer is a woman can kind of drop the baby, go back to work, and as long as she has the right kind of house help. So she has some pressure, but not as much in terms of the West. But clearly women in both places, I think, have a, a much higher uh, uh, uphill battle in terms of being able to do that. And one of the ways that the companies have done this, uh, uh, and not in Kenya, but in, in the West, have really been in terms of providing um, – uh, work at home opportunities for women even when they are on their maternity leave. So it keeps them connected with the organization. No, it's not quite the same project that the man's doing, but it keeps them involved because one of the biggest problems women have is they lose visibility. You know, Ben's here every day, so his boss sees him and says, where the heck is Caroline? Oh, I think she's on maternity leave. We're not really sure. So you lose that visibility, and that's one of the potential problems. So if you can provide, obviously not a full-time job, but something that allows them to work maybe a couple hours a day, you know, when baby's sleeping or whatever, keeps her visibility, lets her come into the office in terms of, again, providing maybe a few hours worth of, uh, uh, worth of work, uh, provides facilities in terms of being able to bring babies. You know, there's nothing wrong with bringing babies and depending on what you're working on, you know, being able to, to you know, breastfeed and everything else. Those are kind of the things that companies can do to facilitate women so as they go through that. The other thing you'll find in North America is women have delayed having children much later in life. Now you're finding it's more typical for a woman in her early to mid-30s to be starting a family. The reason for that is they've built the career. They've built the credibility. They, people will remember them. So when they go on maternity leave for you know three months, five months, whatever the, the, the appropriate time is, they still have sort of a lot of the connections back in the office. As um one of the last things I want to, to discuss before we move on to the next um, part of this productivity conversation is, is um, the issue of taking up international assignments of, or out-of-town assignments. I also think for men it's pretty easy. Um, send Bob to, off to Japan and he'll be like, okay. But the lady has to go home and discuss this with the, um, discuss this with the husband. And sometimes the husband says, you know, um, I have a job here. When we move there, I might not have something to do. So, uh, Bob, what has your experience been? I know you've worked in several countries. What conversations did you have with your wife 
about moving and you know the plans that you set as a couple based on you know your career her career and where you wanted to be in say those 40 years yeah i think ben made a, a, an excellent comment around the fact is you know whose career has got the best the best trajectory and i think that's very important and something that happens now in north america but i don't think very happens very often in kenya um, uh, but in my experience as i say i moved to four different countries uh, in the course of my career with exxon mobil and in each move i asked my wife did she want to work and the first one to japan she said she did we moved to japan uh, uh before we moved to japan she searched out with the company she worked for in canada an opportunity in japan she went there and then decided she didn't want to So that was fine, you know, and the ones after that, she because of her career which was in basically in in uh, laboratory supply equipment, you lose touch with technology very quickly. So by the time we moved to uh, uh, to Malaysia, she looked at it and said, "Gee, you know, I don't know any of this stuff any longer and I'm not prepared to do it." So she decided to be a stay-at-home mother or still a stay-at-home wife. And that was fine, you know, I didn't have any problem with that. But it's really around that in terms of because a lot of of companies you in fact depending on when you're moving if you're certainly if you're moving to another english speaking country uh you in fact the wife can in fact look at either a transfer within her company or in fact looking at a new opportunity in that country um if you're moving uh to a non-english speaking country and if you're an english speaker it it's a little more difficult but it's really around who's got the most trajectory uh i have many stories of people that i worked with in exxon mobil where the shock came uh to the couple when asked about whose jobs should be more important and we said it's the wife's and a very honest conversation with the husband and typically didn't like the conversation but it was the right answer and over time he got to understand that now he continued to work but knew that she was going to be much further up in the organization than he was going to be so we can move on now uh We've talked about the setting goals. We've talked about the plans. So let's assume we are end of the year. Maybe before we we move, just um, what Bob has said. Um, I think it's very important for international for international assignments to then have this understanding of who is the leading spouse and who is the following spouse. Very 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 important. Um, and then what will the following spouse be doing? Okay, it could be good to settle into a new country. Um, I I moved with my wife to Rwanda, but the question is. what will they be doing the first two months they're sitting at home is fine but if you're an active person that becomes a new issue but i think one of the other considerations that we don't discuss when it comes to international careers are the age and timing of your children very critical uh because when they're teenagers and they, there's this whole issue when they're now uh, peers are really very influential to them the jumping up and down can become its own chaos So the career side could be fine but you then have a new problem on teenagers and even teenagers in your own country are a problem and you can imagine when they become chaotic when you're out of the country uh in a new environment just because of the the where they they feel disconnected with their peers and their age group because that becomes a significant thing and so uh the the choice in terms of making your international career move is very very important and also people need to look at the education opportunities in the country where you're going the medical issues i think right now there's more data and more information and so one can make better career choices
This was an eye-opening discussion. We end episode two here. Thank you for listening. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.